News, talk, sports. Now, the experts on AM980. And good afternoon. This is Brian Nuttall. Welker and Associates is our first presenter on the show today. Welker and Associates understands the stress in dealing with personal debt problems. They're very experienced in helping their clients address their most important debt challenges. And, and this is the positive, and you're going to hear the many positives throughout our hour today, creating opportunities for you to rebuild your financial health. Very pleased to welcome back to AM980's experts on location, no less, is Chris Welker from Welker and Associates. Hi, Brian. Thanks so much for having me back. Uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. Nice to have you here. And uh, we're at the Lifestyle Home Show, and you thought, well, why don't we talk about bankruptcy and homes and, and and the positive outcomes that you have had with many clients? Yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon for people who don't know much about bankruptcy. And I, and I always tell people who come to see me, they often will phone and say, well, I don't know anything about this. Can you help me? That's good. You don't want to be an expert. <laughs> I mean, that's why I have a job. So um, people think of bankruptcy and they think of the idea that if they go bankrupt, they're going to lose their home. They're going to lose everything. And the reality is, is about 40% of the cases that we deal with are homeowners. And very, very, very rarely is the house lost. I mean, people are able to keep their homes. And th- th- there's a number of different reasons or ways in which people can keep their homes, which we can talk about a little bit further. But, I mean, th- by and large... Uh, no one loses their house. I mean, that's just not how it. That's not how it works. Even though the misconception is that's maybe one of the first things to go. Exactly. I mean, the reality in most cases is a house is is got a mortgage against it, right? And when people go bankrupt, what the uh, the, the purpose of the bankruptcy from the creditor's perspective is is to get money that they might be able to get. Well, the mortgage company is being paid. So as long as the mortgage is continuing to be paid, the mortgage company is not going to take the house and sell it. And the other creditors, they're only interested in if the house were sold, would there be any money left over after everything, all the closing costs, the real estate commissions, legal fees, etc.? Would there be anything left for them? And in many cases, if people are new home buyers and they put you know little money down or have a small, fairly small down payment, there's probably not any equity in the property. Um, and if there's no equity in the property or very little equity in the property, well, then there's no issue. I mean, as long as the mortgage is continuing to be paid, someone could go bankrupt uh, and keep the property, no problem. Where there sometimes is an issue in bankruptcy is if people have significant equity in the property. So they've been living in the property for an extended period of time. The property value may have gone up. They paid down their mortgage balance and there's significant equity. In cases like that, often we don't look at bankruptcy as the preferred option. Instead, we'll make a proposal to the creditors, which is a legislated debt settlement that protects all of the assets, including the property, and protects the equity in the house. So it gives people a way to, through a proposal, it gives people a way to uh, eliminate interest, prevent the creditors from taking any further legal or collection action, and to compromise the debt so that they actually have a a complete and permanent solution and a way to dig themselves out. Let's talk about those complete and permanent solutions, but let's back it up just for a moment. Here we are at the 2015 Lifestyle Home Show in the Agriplex Western Fair District. Most dream of having a home. Most dream of filling the home with lots of goodies. (laughs) But from your experience dealing with clients who have had to come to you because of problems connected to the home, where have they gone wrong? Or what have been the extenuating circumstances that created the issues? Yeah, I, I, well, I think there's a, there's a number of different factors. I mean, one, one of them is, is for a lot of people, their home has a lot of emotional connection to it. And it's not, they, it's one asset um, that they often don't look at as a, a, an investment or a financial asset. They look at it as, you know, it's my home, right? Which obviously makes very good sense. But from a business standpoint, if you're looking strictly at the numbers, often people buy properties that 
maybe don't really make sense. And and o- the ownership of the property is actually not a good investment. And so there's many cases where we see people who come in and they, they actually have property where they're, they're underwater. The mortgage, the, the property, they, they, because when they got into the property, maybe they were making more money or they uh, were married and then separated or whatever the case may be, the budget that they had established to support the household didn't make any sense. And so maybe property taxes have gotten in arrears or, you know, there, any of a number of things could happen. Utilities. Utilities, you know, things going, getting, the, the budget just didn't work. And so they actually end up in a property that's underwater. And in those cases, um, we're, we're able to help people to get out of that. So sometimes people come in. So that's one, that's one thing. I mean, not looking at the property as a, um, an investment, but rather as something that has a real strong emotional connection and putting too much value in that emotion. That's the one, the one piece. The other piece is um, with, with, with properties generally, and I say this to many, many clients who come in, it's only a good investment if it's a good investment. I mean, owning a home isn't the right option for everyone. And I mean, if personally, I mean, if I'm looking at a budget and I'm looking at it again, taking the emotional aspect out of it, but from strictly from the numbers side, it's how much does it cost me to live? I mean, what what does it cost to rent a similar property? What are all the costs associated with owning this property? And banks, banks are doing their due diligence on it, but still people find themselves over their head very quickly in the in the game. For sure. For sure they do. And I mean, often what happens, I mean, and I, I think we said this on the last show, and, and there's a common issue in our in our business, people don't get into trouble by going out one weekend and blowing $50,000. That's, that's not how it happens. I mean, I'm, it, it may happen one, once in a while, but that's generally not what we see. I mean, this is a long-term process where someone has, you know, sort of their budget doesn't work. And really, so for me, when I'm trying to fix the problem, it's what is the problem? The, the debt is really more a symptom of the problem. And the problem is, is that fundamentally the budget doesn't make sense. And so as a result, every month, the person's forced to borrow off of their credit card, off of a line of credit to make ends meet. And they have the illusion for a number of years or for months, years, whatever period of time that they're managing and everything's being paid and everything's going well. And as long as the credit continues to be available, A, and B, they're able to maintain the income and the level of income that they have, they don't run into any problems. So, I mean, that's what happens. But when you look at, you know, if you take their, their actual budget and you, you add up, here's what it costs for that mortgage, here's what it costs for the property taxes, here's what it costs for, you know, the utility bills, the insurance, everything associated with home ownership. And the person's like, well, wow, that's, you know, that's a big percentage or maybe even more in some cases than what they're earning in a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to uh, legislation and, and what you follow in terms of government, that varies from province to province, does it not? There, there is some variance for sure. Um, I mean, in, in the province of Ontario, there is no uh, legislated exemption or protection granted to, to homes or to real property. Um, in some other provinces, there, there is, but certainly, yeah, there's, there's none of that here in Ontario. All right. So let's... What happens then in, in houses or two houses that in bankruptcy? There are a variety of different options that you offer your clients. For sure, yeah. So you would do a thorough examination with them, and the first thing they need to do is stop getting co- overly concerned about not being able to pay it. You've got to act on it. Absolutely. And that's what many are choosing not to do, and they're waiting for them to just sink even further. 
Yeah, I mean, one if, the biggest piece of advice that I could give to anyone, whether a homeowner or not a homeowner, is as soon as you start to think there's a problem, there probably is, and you're probably better off to get advice and at least examine what the options are. Um, often we see people, you know, they'll come into our office after they've gotten their, their notice from the bank that the, the bank is, is repossessing and, and having the house sold pursuant to a power of sale or, or whatever. And, I mean, at that point, there's not a whole lot that can be done. I mean, it, 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 the ship's basically sailed. Had they come in a lot sooner, there may have been options that we could have done to, you know, fix the problem, and, and, and they may have been able to keep or, or, or save the house. So, I mean, coming back to what you asked, I mean, how are houses treated in bankruptcy? Well, there's basically... The, the, the first step is figuring out what is the what are we dealing with. I mean, does this house have any equity? So, my my advice is we, we want to get an opinion of value or something from from someone in the real estate business or who has knowledge of, of what properties in the area are worth, and who can give us an accurate assessment of what the value is. And once a client comes to you, do you choose that realtor? No, they can choose assessor? their own. They can choose their own. They can choose their own. Yeah, if they know someone. I mean, as long as they can bring us in something, and you know, usually we ask for a couple comparables in the area. Um, and uh, that that's typically sufficient in some cases if you know we've trouble getting them or we've got a wide range of um, numbers you know we'll get an appraisal done and we would we would cover the cost of that if it were required um, but generally speaking an opinion of value from a realtor is sufficient we get mortgage statements we'd want to figure out you know what's against this property or you know our property taxes current are they paid with the mortgage are they paid separately where are we at and then we allow for real estate legal costs associated with the sale of the property and trying to determine what if any equity is available? And if that number is, is zero, as, I, as we said earlier, well, there's absolutely no reason why that person can't keep the property if they go bankrupt, provided that they can satisfy the mortgage and the other secured debt associated with the property. Um, the, if there is equity, they still don't lose the property. I mean, that when the bank looks at a house or any or a bank, a creditor, any creditor who is being dealt with through a bankruptcy looks at someone's house, they don't want the house. They're not planning on moving their next branch or office into that property. All they want is the money that would come from that house if it were to be sold. And so that's that analysis we just did where we take the fair market value, less selling costs, less the encumbrances, what's left over. Well, in many cases, even when people go bankrupt, we figure out what that number is. So say it's you know $5,000 or whatever it might be, and we work out a payment plan. And the people are able to pay that amount over you know a year or two or whatever whatever the terms of the arrangement are. And in cases where that number is bigger, where it can't be repaid in a reasonable time period through a bankruptcy, those are examples where we'd make a proposal. One of the misnomers, one of the things that I've learned so far through Welker & Associates is the fact that the big B bankruptcy isn't the end of the world. And especially when it comes to homes, you, you just got finished telling us and, and talking us through some of the options that homeowners have that when you file for bankruptcy, uh, it's not the end of the world. And in many cases, you can hang on to the house. Absolutely. And that's something I think that many people need to hear again, because I think it's a misconception out there. Now, when you file for bankruptcy, Chris, how does that impact one's ability to buy another house? Well, I mean, bankruptcy does damage uh, your credit rating, obviously. I mean, the, the, the bankruptcy process results in a, an R9 credit rating, which is the worst, and it stays on someone's credit report for six years after their discharge as a first-time bankrupt. Um, the, uh, the, the key piece, though, that people have to understand about a credit report, and the way I explain credit reports to people is it's kind of like a report card in school. So if you go bankrupt or make a proposal and you end up with a bad mark on your credit, uh, that's like having an F on your report card. But if you can go out and accumulate other good marks, you can actually improve your, your average or improve your score while that bad mark is even still on there. So you don't have to wait 
seven years or whatever time period to start rebuilding and at that point then start you can start fairly quickly right after right after discharge or even in some cases sooner to start rebuilding their credit rating Mm -hmm. now i mean we can offer advice to those who are not in the situation and at this moment don't have a need to call welker and associates but i'm sure you have some advice for those who maybe are overspending and and again that comes back to the word budgeting i mean it's it's so vital for one to take stock on a day-to-day, month-by-month basis, so that you don't find yourself in the dilemma that we're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, you know, like when you, when you look at someone's budget, it doesn't. You don't have to be a math wizard, or a, you know, if you're spending three thousand dollars a month and you got twenty-five hundred coming in, that that doesn't work, right? And I mean, that'll happen occasionally with people, and that's where they will use credit to sort of fill that gap. Um, you I'm know, bringing this up because more Canadians, more Canadians are in debt than ever before. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So it seems that more and more are not t- heeding the advice. Well, I think I think it's to, a number of budget. yeah. I think it's a number of factors. I think first of all, um, certainly as a result of the, econ- the the you know Canadian economy generally and sort of the job markets here locally and, and you know in the surrounding area here in Ontario, um, a lot of the jobs and a lot of people have had reduced income, whether it's, you know, a job loss or just loss of overtime or reduced hours or whatever it might be, their incomes have gone down. The, the trouble is when the income goes down, the, the expenses don't necessarily go down, a, you know, in the same way and as quickly. So people are used to a certain lifestyle. People are also have committed to expenses with mortgages, uh, car payments, whatever, that they are required to pay despite the fact that their income may have decreased. So it makes budgeting that much more difficult. But the other, the piece, I think, and psychologically, I think the, the, the piece here, not that I'm a psychologist, but... Um, <laughs> but you have experience, and you've I, dealt with a lot of clients, and you have a lot of scenarios you can bring to the expert show. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've I've been doing this for about 13 years, and I've helped thousands of people in these situations. But I think people who are in debt, no one ever wants to end up in my office. And I, I think they are optimistic that it's going to get better. And they, they look at, you know, if, if their budget one month is $3,000 or that they're spending and they're earning $2,500, well, I'm going to just borrow 500 this month. And it's going to get me through. I'm going to get over the hump. The, the problem is, is that when that hump happens every month, then it, it becomes, the hole starts to grow and grow and grow. And, and the other problem is, if it is it on plastic, it's a 20%. Well, that's it. I mean, once, once people start down that road, it's very, very, very difficult to, to get out with the high interest rates that a lot of creditors are charging. And bringing to mind is, uh, are our friends in Calgary right now with the oil prices, you know, a barrel is half of what it was about six to eight months ago. And there are some what we call suits out in, in Alberta who are running scared. And no doubt if you have a $300,000 salary and you're in a $700,000 plus home in Calgary and you're going to work every day wondering if tomorrow you're going to be in the same desk, that you know that that's the reality that that we're facing right now and and it may be smaller numbers but that's why you you're kept busy yeah for sure i mean like one of the things that people are often surprised when they ask you know who is your client people think oh well it's probably you know very low income person and you know that is certainly there's some of that right but that's not our only client i mean we've helped i've helped everyone from a doctor making twenty thousand dollars a month to uh, you know, someone who's on social assistance. Like I mean, we've we've helped people in a, a wide range of different jobs, wide range of different income levels. You know, teachers, accountants, lawyers, like people who are educated. And you know, it's not. There's no like I can't put a cookie cutter. And that was always one of the challenges. Like from a marketing perspective, when when we would go and someone would say, "Well, who's your client?" 
I, just about anybody could be my client. And, and it's not that they planned it. They had something happen. I mean, something changed in their job, something changed with respect to their relationship. Some, you know, and all of these factors can, can put them in a position where they need my help. And not only did they need their help, but they got the, the, the solutions that they were hoping for when it came to credit cards, lines of credit, personal loans. Uh, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to bring real people, some of them right from the London area, who have made the call to Welker & Associates and have benefited by the expertise that they have been granted. Chris Welker is the president and trustee in bankruptcy with Welker & Associates. You'll find them online at welker.ca. Also, follow us on Twitter today here at the Lifestyle Home Show, and give them a call at Welker & Associates at 519 680 2800. That's 519 680 2800. Much more ahead with Welker and Associates of the 2015 Lifestyle Home Show at the Western Fair District. News, talk, sports. Now, back to the experts on AM 980. This hour presented by Welker and Associates. I'm Brian Nuttall. Chris Welker is here, president and trustee in bankruptcy. And in the spirit of the Lifestyle Home Show, from which we are broadcasting today, Chris, we wanted to talk about homes and home ownership and some of the challenges that some people have. And we've talked about bankruptcy, but there are other options available, including proposals. Yeah. So, I mean, one option people don't even know that we do because it's not in our name. Maybe I should be a trustee in bankruptcy and proposal or trustee in bankruptcy and debt settlement. But basically, the idea with a proposal is it's a legislative debt settlement, stops interest, prevents creditors from taking any further legal or collection action, and allows the debtor an opportunity to compromise or to settle the debt. More than that, though, what it does is it's it's not bankruptcy. It's a way to avoid bankruptcy. It's a way to protect assets so that the debtor can keep whatever property they have, homes, any other property. And obviously, that would be your first option. Sure. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, we don't want people to go bankrupt unless they have to. I mean, we offer that as, as sort of a last resort to our clients. In many cases, it's it's the only or best option available. But um, when we meet with people, we do a thorough assessment of their situation. We explain to them all the options, including options that aren't offered by our company, but may be available elsewhere, just so they really understand what their choices and options are. And we try to show that, too, on our website. There's a, there's a tool on our website. It's a debt uh, options calculator that Will if someone puts in the amount of debt that they have, it'll show them what pay, different payment amounts and sort of various options: paying the debt back directly to the credit cards, paying on a consolidation loan, paying through a, a credit counseling agency, a debt management plan. What a proposal might look like with our office as a trustee, or a, what a bankruptcy might cost. So, I mean, it does show these options, and, and that's kind of the idea. So, I, you know, I would encourage anyone who's sort of wondering. You know, well, how would that look for me? That, that's a good spot to start. Now, not that those numbers are doing a thorough assessment of the situation, but at mm-hmm. least it gives you a benchmark. It's interesting. When you look at trending in automobiles, for example, we just want more toys. You know, GPS now is almost standard equipment. And, and so, therefore, uh, the automakers are saying, okay, fine, we'll deliver more content on the cars. And, therefore, from what I understand, Chris, more and more Canadians are extending the loan period. So we're talking five or six years to own one vehicle. Yes. And that's a significant change, isn't it? For, for sure it is. I mean, we, we see a lot more of that. And one of the big, I mean, moving away from houses but to cars, but one of, one of the big uh, issues there is that the life of the car doesn't always match up with the life of the loan. And so, you know, someone comes to see me who's been doing a fair bit of driving and they're a few years into their, their, their car agreement or car loan agreement and they're, they're way underwater. They, they've got quite a bit of negative equity in, the, in their loan. They owe 20000 The car's worth ten. I mean, 
And, and the conversation I have with them is, look, if I if I gave you ten bucks and you gave me back twenty, would you want to do that? And anyone who says yes, I'm going to run to the <laughs> bank and go get the money because we'll, we'll do it as many times as they like. But that's not a good deal, right? And and so uh, that's uh, we see that a lot now. Car and, and, and as a result, I mean, people who are in the car business. I, my brother-in-law actually is in car sales, and. Uh, they're more than happy to roll that negative equity into the next deal and just keep extending it. And we've actually seen people come into our office who owed like, you know, significantly more than what the car was worth. Even when they bought initially, they're rolling $10,000 plus of negative equity into their deal. And, and, and it just, you know, you're, when you're paying $800 a month to drive a, a Honda Civic, I mean, it just really doesn't make any sense. It, it, you know, the, the, the total just isn't there. Let's end out this segment by talking about maybe the top four reasons why doing business with you is beneficial over maybe other competitors. The service, the what can we expect from Welker & Associates? When you are out there and you're talking about your business, what, what comes to mind from the experiences you've had with many clients? Well, I think the biggest thing is is that when you come to our office, it's it's very low pressure, informal. We want to try and help you. That's our that's our focus. And you know, I, I was talking to one of my associates today, and she said, you know, like the, the way we want to sort of explain ourselves to people is that we're we're good people trying to help good people. And and people in debt, you know, they're just some people look down. We don't. I mean, it, it, we understand what may have caught got you into the trouble, and we just want to try and help you find a way out. So it's. It's a meeting with a licensed professional, free of charge. We spend at least an hour generally with people, um, and whatever it takes. I mean, we don't we don't uh, cut it off if people have questions, you know. And I always tell clients when they come to see me, I said, you know, our fees are for most of these services are all legislated under the Bankruptcy and Insolvency Act. So I said we're not like lawyers. Like every time you pick up the phone, call us. We don't change our bill. There's no additional no surprises. Cost, no surprises. Um, you know, you can call and speak to us and we'll answer any of your questions. So I think the biggest thing is that, that expert and professional advice in a very informal setting. And we try to explain all of the options. So that'd be one big one. The second one is we, I, I think it's crazy for somebody who's in financial trouble to take time off work, to get the help that they need to get out of debt. I think, I mean, that's just makes no sense to me at all. You're, you're reducing your income to then try and deal with your debt. So that's, we, we try our best to offer very flexible appointment times. I had a meeting this morning, actually, with a with an individual, and I know my associate met with two others today. Saturday so, is not uncommon. Not at all. No, I mean we and and I, you know, my wife doesn't like it, but <laughs> she's they're like, "What are your hours? Well, when do you want to come?" I mean, that's basically what we try yeah. to do. And but that's to your point about sometimes. I mean, if they're working and it's nine to five and it's Monday to Friday and they can't get there until maybe the evening or the weekend suits, you're going to solve the problem by accommodating their needs. A- absolutely. I mean, we we do evening appointments routinely. I mean, I'm rarely home for dinner and, and on the weekends. So, I mean, we, so that would be the second big thing. And, and, and uh, you know, the third, I think, is we don't ask for any money up front. I mean, even when we file a proposal, bankruptcy, whatever it is, there's, there, you don't have to come up with $900, $1,000. There's no filing fee. There's no upfront cost that has to be paid. I mean, in our, in our commercial, some of our commercials, and, and it's, it's a true statement, you know, we'll, we'll start solving the money problems before you make the first payment. I, I, to me, that only makes sense. And beware if they do want the money up front. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, it boggles my mind when somebody says, you know, I, I went to see somebody and they wanted to charge me $900 to meet with a court officer who, you know, it's crazy to me. I mean, why would you pay that? We have a lot of experiences. We're going to talk about a Rachel who had a question about claiming bankruptcy due to a divorce and 
And we'll talk about that and another real story through Welker & Associates. Chris Welker is president and trustee in bankruptcy. We're finding you a complete and permanent solution. This is nothing to procrastinate over. This is the time to make the call. If you're in the situation or the scenarios that we're presenting on our expert show today, make the call. Make it today. Give them a call at 519-680-2800. That's 519-680-2800. Back with Chris and more on the experts. News, talk, sports. Now, back to the experts on AM 980. With Brian Nuttall, we're broadcasting live from the Lifestyle Home Show, and we have a lot of experts coming up between 2 and 6 today, and we'll be introducing them all to you today. Chris Welker is the president and trustee in bankruptcy with Welker & Associates. His dad, Peter, began his own personal insolvency and debt management business, and when Peter began, his goal was to provide a personal and compassionate approach to helping people who are experiencing money problems, and you just spoke to that, and nothing's changed. That compassion is there, the commitment to your clients is there, and the task of looking for permanent solutions is very much there. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that we sort of carried on my dad's legacy for sure. I mean, he had worked with national firms and, and uh, bigger firms when he was getting licensed and uh, had some experience with them. And, I mean, when we started, it was my dad, my mom, and I in a small office. And uh, our, our focus was on dealing directly with the debtors and trying to spend the time to make sure they fully understood their options. And uh, we've always found that that was the best way to, to do business. And, and, you know, that's still the way I tell my staff. And uh, although we've grown some since then, um, but we, we maintain the same same system. At Welker.ca, you can get some real examples of people who have had that permanent success. Rachel asked a question, and this is online, and you'll find it there. I claim bankruptcy due to a divorce and uh, was released two years ago. What is the best way, Rachel asks, to build my credit fast? Well, I mean, there's no magic solution. I mean, that, that, that's the first thing. And, and I know that there are companies or, or individuals, if you look online, that offer these magic solutions. And to my knowledge, these, these don't work. I mean, um, credit rating, generally, you have to first understand what a credit rating is. So a credit rating, as I said earlier, is kind of like a report card. And, and going bankrupt, making a proposal, or, or not paying debt, for that matter, results in a bad mark on the report card. And so... The first step to getting out is we have to deal with the debt and, and have, a, have a solution. So in Rachel's case, I mean, she's decided or had gone bankrupt, has been released and discharged. So that was her way of dealing with the debt. Now she's in the rebuilding stage and wants to rebuild credit. Well, the only way to rebuild credit is to borrow money and pay it back. And the challenge, though, is when you have bad credit or a bad credit rating, no one wants to lend you any money. So it's a bit of a catch-22. But there are lenders out there, and there are different products available that will allow someone with bad credit to have access to the, the credit market to rebuild. The most common approach is to use a secured credit card. So a credit card where someone puts down a deposit, you know, $500 or $1,000, whatever the case may be, and they're given a credit card with a $500 or $1,000 limit. That credit card then, they every month, will make their payments, and as they make their payments, that creditor will report positively on the credit. So it starts on the credit report, excuse me. So that's going to help to rebuild the credit rating. So while there's no fast way to do it, getting access to credit, making regular payments, keeping current, those are all really good ways. The other the other thing that's very important is, is that these, these credit reporting agencies, the two main ones in Canada being Equifax and TransUnion, they are, they're, they're not perfect. And, and sometimes the information on those reports isn't accurate or, or they may have missed something or even may have missed something 
in the proposal or in the bankruptcy that a creditor that should have been included. So we encourage our clients to get copies of their credit reports. There's information on how to get a free credit report on our website, and uh, people can get a free credit report through the mail from both Equifax and TransUnion. Uh, someone who's gone bankrupt or made a proposal should check their, their credit report and compare it with the list of creditors that they have available. If there's anything missing, those creditors can be added after the fact. People are always concerned when they come see us, well, I, you know, I hope I didn't miss anything. Well, the reality is it doesn't really matter. I mean, even if you've missed someone, as long as it was a debt that was incurred prior to the day on which that individual filed proposal or bankruptcy, um, we'll add them to the list of creditors and, and they will be discharged and dealt with through that process. We're going to use another example of an online question from Mike, and that's coming up next on AM980's Experts. As we're live to air today from the 2015 Lifestyle Home Show, some 350 exhibitors here. You can follow the show on Twitter at London Home Show, and they're retweeting us today. It's all here under one roof, one weekend, and we're very pleased, and we appreciate the fact that Chris has dropped by to do his show on our location here on set at the Lifestyle Home Show. He is a president and trustee in bankruptcy, and the goal for you is finding a complete and permanent solution. But what most people do, the biggest struggle that people have with personal debt issues is waiting too long to get the help. And the key is to make the call now, to make that inquiry, to uh, speak with uh, the associates at Welker and Associates and get on the right track to a very positive future. You can give them a call at 519-680-2800. Don't wait. Make the call today. Back with more on AM 980's Experts. News, talk, sports. Now, back to the experts on AM 980. With Brian Atoll, Welker and Associates presenting this hour's expert show. We're going to be back on Valentine's Day, too, so that's going to be fun. Yeah. We'll look forward to that. Welker.ca is the website, info at welker.ca, and you can give them a call. And you know what? When I say they, when you call, you get Chris. All right, There's no, It's not like an ivory tower on Bay Street in downtown Toronto. They get you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that's one of the things with our business is you can call and talk to me directly, and I'll help you and answer whatever questions I can. I mean, we do obviously have other associates. There are other licensed trustees that work with, with me. Um, and, but I, I take pride in trying to help as many people personally as I can, and anyone who wants to have direct contact with me, I'm not hard to reach. Here's a perfect example of someone in the, our area who made the call and they, without delay. His name's Mike. Mike says, I built up a lot of debt over the past couple of years, and now I'm so far behind on everything, and if companies calling me all the time, I have a steady job, that's not uncommon, but always seem to be broke at the end of the week, I can't get ahead or even pay everything. What do you recommend? There are a lot of Mikes. Yeah, for sure there are. And I mean, Mike's story is very, very common. A lot of people we deal with are working. They've got a good income. They can afford to pay something back to their creditors, but they just can't afford to pay everything. And and usually, if you look at it, it means the interest that's really killing people. I mean, the interest on credit cards, 20 plus percent. I mean, uh, it's crazy. You own $10,000. That's that's $2,000 a year just in interest charges alone. Have you had other Mikes with five, six, seven credit cards? Oh, my goodness. I mean, we've had people with way more than that. Yeah. In my office, there's actually a a, a trash bin, and people come in, and we've got all the cards that people have cut up over, you know, uh, over a period of time. And uh, I actually had to stop collecting them because we filled this bin. We've actually got two full bins. Um, and, and, And people, when they come in, they're just astonished at how many cards there are in there. And, and I've had one guy, he'd started digging in it because he thought that it may be stuffed or it wasn't real, <laughs> but it, it is absolutely yeah. full of cards. So, yeah, for sure, there's lots of guys that have, you know, many different cards. And, and a lot of people, when they get behind, like we said earlier, the budgeting issue, um, you know, they get behind with one credit card. 
the solution is to get another one, right? Now, that's not the solution. Credit generally cannot be fixed by getting more credit. Um, so anyway, what would I recommend in this case? Well, I mean, the first thing we have to do is look at Mike's budget. What can he actually afford to pay? Because people's budgets are often distorted by that credit that they've been using all the way along to sort of fund their, their budget. Like we get people come in and say, well, I, I'm paying $1,000 a month. Okay, well, let's look at how much income do you have coming in. And we put back in the expenses that I know they're paying, their rent, their heat, their hydro, and what's left. Well, there's not $1,000 left. So if you've been paying 1000 a month, you're borrowing it from somewhere. It's not coming out of your income. So what can you actually afford to pay? So that's the first step in our assessment is we got to figure out what is Mike's, how much is, the, 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 or I guess the words I use in the, when I meet with people is how deep's the hole and what have you got to dig with in terms of assets, in terms of income, what can we use here to, to deal with this? So To credit, uh, Mike's getting the job done every day. He's working full time. So, sure. there, so there is income here. Well, yeah, I mean, Mike, in this scenario, I mean, Mike, Mike's working full time. Often people we see, they're working two jobs or, you know, they're, they're, they're taking on extra shifts. They're not home with their families. And I, I ask them, you know, would you continue to work two jobs if I could give you a solution that would solve this problem? And the answer generally is no. They're not doing it because they just love what they're doing. They're doing it because they feel they have to and that they have no choice in terms of dealing with their finances. So, I mean, the first step in any case is we've got to figure out what the person, what's what's the problem, how much do you owe, what have you got to dig with in terms of assets, in terms of income. And then basically there's, there's the two options. I mean, either we can make some kind of settlement. So if Mike here can afford to pay something but can't afford to pay everything that he owes, um, you know, a proposal could be an excellent option because the proposal stops the interest, which in most cases is, is a killer. Um, and it, what does that consumer proposal end up becoming for Mike? Oh, well, it, I monthly mean, payments. Yeah, so. ge- well, it can it can it can take many different forms, but generally speaking, it's it's a monthly payment. I mean, the the way a proposal is structured is really only limited to creativity of the person writing it and what they can get the the creditor to agree with. I mean, we do thousands and thousands of these things. I mean, our success rate in terms of being able to have them approved is probably in excess of ninety nine percent. I would think. I mean. I haven't actually added it up, but there's very, very few that are not accepted um, because creditors don't want people to go bankrupt. They want to uh, get something. And in a proposal, creditors are going to get something, but the debtor gets something too. He gets to protect his assets. He gets to feel as though he's paying something back to his creditors, something he can reasonably afford to pay. And he's able to protect any assets. So if he owns a house or something that might be affected in bankruptcy, he can keep all of his property. So And dignity. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and I, well, I hesitate there because I don't think going bankrupt really would, you know. But some feel that way. Certainly, that's a very common emotion. For sure it is. And, I mean, I, I do my best when I'm explaining to people, you know, creditors have legal processes that they will go through to collect their money. And we are fortunate enough to live in a country where there are laws and regulations that allow an individual processes that will help them to become free of their debt. And... If you can't dig yourself out on your own, you need to get help, period. I mean, that that's all there is to it. I mean, you can bang your head against the wall for a while, but if it's not actually fixing the problem, we've got to fix the problem. And we're lucky enough to be in a country where there are rules, where there is legislation, government programs that are available to help people to deal with their debt. And that's the expertise coming directly from Chris Welker, President and Trustee in Bankruptcy. So that compassion that we talked about earlier, providing that personal approach to helping you get 
on track again, and it's historical, and it continues to be trending at Welker & Associates, trustee in bankruptcy. Here's the number to call. Call Chris, 519-680-2800, and you can follow Chris on Twitter at Welker & Associates, on Facebook as well. Complete and permanent solutions on the experts today. News, talk, sports. Now, back to the experts on AM 980. With Brian Nuttall and Chris Welker, President and Trustee in Bankruptcy with Welker and Associates. And Chris, you're saying to our listeners today, you know what, pick up the phone, send you an email just to ask. Even if they, if in their heart of hearts they don't feel that they need your service just now, it's better to ask than to avoid asking the questions yeah for sure i mean like the old saying goes that the only stupid question is the one you didn't ask i mean we we try to be very accessible there's no cost to contact us we try to help people we really do want to help people and even if we're not the right solution we may be able to point you in the right direction and, and hopefully get you on the right track so i mean we we have different ways to contact i mean you can call us you can email us you can email me directly if you if you like um, you know, we have self-assessment survey tool on our on our website, the, the, as well as the uh, bank, uh, debt options calculator tool. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to make that information available. But you know, if you think, hey, I, I don't know if I need this, and we get a lot of people call our office like, you know, I'm not sure that this is the right thing for me, but I've got some debt issues, and I'm just wondering, you know, what maybe my options or what could I do or whatever. And I'm more than happy to answer those questions and answer those calls. And what would the process be? Very, I mean, it can be more detailed depending on the person. But just that first initial meet, that that free no-obligation consultation might include what for someone asking questions? Well, generally what we look at is those items that we talked about. You know, how deep's the hole? So who do you owe the money to? People will bring along bills or statements generally or, or, you know, notices maybe from legal notices that they may have received. Uh, Pay stub from work, sort of what their income is or something to demonstrate what their income is and uh, any asset details they have. And then we try to do a comprehensive analysis and figure out which options make the most sense. And as soon as they make the call and they retain your services, the creditors stop calling. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and, and for a lot of people, that's a great first step. Well, I mean, the biggest benefit of what we do is it is a legislated process. So we're not asking the creditors to stop calling. They have to stop calling. I mean, it, 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 this process forces the creditors to treat the debtor fairly. Thanks for being a part of our show. We'll look for you on Valentine's Day. We're together on the 14th back at our home studios. Coming up next, we have uh, Nick Mallette from RGS Granite. A little bit later on, we'll have Douglas Windows and Doors, Deacon Flooring, Breezewood Floors. We've got a lot of experts coming up off the main stage here at the Lifestyle Home Show 2015 at the Western Fair District.